Good morning. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of The Lowdown with Mike Wall hosting Mike Murray from Safeway. We join them now in progress. This is sanitizer we have available, but use it sparingly. Um, I, I'm fearful that I could run out. I've secured product, um, and we're going to make it go as far as we can. Um, and, and if they would be aware of, of what they are doing um, and what they're touching. Um, but I, I don't think myself as a retailer or any retailer, be it Jason at Walmart or Al at Cost Savers, can 100% disinfect their operation and maintain that. And the only way we can do that is do what businesses are doing, et cetera, and close down. And that's just not, in my opinion, an option because of the duties and responsibilities we have at the community. Are, are you seeing traffic at off hours now? Yes, yeah. yes. I, I came to work this morning knowing that it was going to be very busy, but I, I, I quite honestly was blown away. And uh, it's no, I, I think everybody knows when the container ships come in, and I think there's a, uh, a perception that, that the store is immediately resupplied when I don't have the supplies available and we're stocking what we can. I already spoke to that, but uh, the business that I came into this morning was um, on an unprecedented level. Um, are are they going, are, are people shopping for specific yes. things? You're, you're seeing yes. hoarding behavior. Yes, um, it was right down to the paper aisle, to the sanitation wipes, to the rice section, to the to the meat case. And, and of course, um, most of those items I did not have. And what I had was a fraction of what I needed. And so, <clears throat> I had heard last week that there, a container came in of mm -hmm. rice and it was sold out as fast as it could get stocked. Mm -hmm. Is that the situation mm -hmm. where rice isn't available? Not in my store. We had a rice shortage nationally prior to, to what we're seeing right now. Rice and beans, for whatever reason through the supply chain, um, became a depleting commodity. Uh, we, we saw this weeks, if not months ago. Uh, we started adjusting the set sections and... Uh, increasing the orders on the commodities that we could get. So we were already dealing in a commodity that was very stressed. Uh, and I quite honestly, as the, as the tail end of a retailer, I don't know what the initial cause of that was. I just know how it affected me at the retail level. And, um, and so in, in that area, um, if there was a container of rice that came to this island, it sure didn't come to my store, I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Let's let's keep on safety for a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a question here from a, a listener wanting to know about using a pen for credit card purposes mm -hmm. and using cash. Right. I mean, is though are those two things that concern you? They do, um, particularly the cash. Uh, I, I really don't have control over the uh, information technology systems within the store. Uh, they are what they are, and I don't have the ability to deviate. So if a pen is required to sign. I would just encourage people uh, to do the right things for themselves. There's nothing that says you can't have a paper towel in your hand when you grab that pen right, yeah. and put it back in your pocket um, as you touch items around the store. That would be personal responsibility. The cash, uh, it, it's a great concern. Um, I have no control. I have no way around it. Um, do you have an ability to stop cash transa transactions? Um, I suppose that I do. Uh, again, that's a situation that I've, never had to decide and never been in, um, if the decision, I probably wouldn't unilaterally make that decision. I would encourage people to use uh, uh, electronic payment forms of, uh, 
as, as a preferred payment versus cash. But if our company or if it were mandated by uh, a regulatory agency that we would cease using cash, then, then yes, we can do that. Um, I know having gone in there for years that there always appears to be a sign on the door s- s- looking for employees. Mm-hmm. I mean, are you, are you still short or you seem to be always short? Yeah, we, we are. And I, in the environment that I operate in, uh, I, I work for a company and we all have our targets and expectations. And uh, for the, since the day I started working for this company, there's always been a gap between what I think we need and what we're uh, allowed to use, uh, a, a budget, if you will. Those constraints aren't in place at this time, and quite honestly, if they were, I wouldn't abide by them. I would do what I need to do. But to the staffing, um, I, I would say year over year, we've always really not had enough staff for the for the work that needs to get done, and that, that forces the extra work on the existing staff. Um, the the volume that we are doing right now what we are what we did last week and what i anticipate to go on for a certain period of time and i'd like to speak to that um takes labor it it takes a workforce to get it done and i i would estimate that i would probably need 20 to 25 associates more than what i have right now or that's what i would have had at peak volume last summer when we were doing the sales and tonnage movement that we're seeing right now i suspect personally, and I've spoke to this uh, within my staff meetings, that this will subside. Um, A couple things are going to happen. Everybody is going to have bought everything that they need, and maybe two or three weeks from now, they just won't need to buy it anymore. So I I sense that this will slow down. It still doesn't mean that there wouldn't be a demand for rice or for sanitizer, etc., but how many cans of beans do you put in your pantry before you say, okay, I'm, I'm all I've right. Got enough, I've right. got enough. And then, then that will start to bring normalcy back into the, into the work environment. But to your staffing question, we, I, I'm concerned uh, on a level of my, my staff is very taxed. Um, I quickly saw my job go to a six or seven day a week job, more than likely seven. Um, and I, kind of opened up uh, the decision-making for the staffing to do what we need to do, um, being cognizant that we have to take care of business from the morning all the way through to midnight. And we have staff working 24 hours of the day. Um, but I, I'm, I'm worried that should any of my key people, should they get ill, and I'm not talking coronavirus ill, I'm just talking fatigue, uh, safety issues, uh, workplace safety issues, because we're all trying to accomplish so much, or they just get a cold, or they have a sick child, um, and that's going to further strain uh, the workforce that we have at, at a time when, when so much more needs to get done. So we are still recruiting. We're recruiting. Uh, we, we've never well, really that, stopped. Good. That's a, that's a qu- if the community was in a position to help you, let's, mm-hmm. we, we can assume that there's a lot of people going to be displaced from the regular job that they have now. Right. And m- maybe they want to help Safeway out or volunteer their time. Do you have the capacity actually to train people in the middle of what you're involved in mm-hmm. now to come in and be helpful or I know a lot of times when you have a new employee, it takes more effort to actually get them online right. than it, it it takes you away from the, the mm-hmm. core of what you're really trying right. to do. It, it's something we would just, we would have to do. 
Um, I spoke with the person that does the primary recruiting. I'm in the process of uh, um, training uh, uh, more people to recruit for fear that uh, should my primary recruiter become ill, yeah. and I'm not talking coronavirus, but just ill, uh, then, then my ability to recruit um, is drastically affected. Uh, we've been in situations where we've had to hire people, train them properly to the best of our ability, but n to a certain extent, throw them to the wolves, and that's not a comfortable feeling. Um, but that's been kind of the retail environment. We would do the best we can to get people in positions that are going to help the operation. For safety purposes, to with the staff already, I imagine you've had the conversation already about illness and your staff is probably full aware of whether they're going to come in or not, right? Right. Um, let, let's talk about, like, what about the, there seems to be a nationwide movement to limit grocery store hours. Mm -hmm. We had any talk about that? Well, um, as a company we have, uh, most of our company operates our facilities 24 hours a day. Um, I know in the Northwest, uh, the decision was made a few days ago to close those stores at, uh, uh, for a certain period of time in the middle of the night to allow for cleaning efforts and, and restocking efforts. Our store is not a 24-hour store, so we have still maintained the hours of 6 a.m. to midnight, and we maintain those cleaning efforts over the course of the evening and, and the replenishment of the store. How do you clean a store? Yeah, it's uh, it's a never-ending task. Um, it's it's never-ending. Um, we have <clears throat> several thousand people that come in and out of the building every single day. Um, I'm I'm proud of the facility, but is that, uh, that your traffic numbers? You yeah, have about two thousand a day. No, about uh, about three thousand. Three, right? Um, on average, if I were to take January first to December thirty first and do all the math, and pr probably be about that. Well, as an average. And but I'm only counting the person that's paying for the transaction. So, if uh, uh, somebody comes in with their their husband and their two children, I'm just counting the one person. So I really. Y y it's fair enough to say we turn the community of the city of Kodiak through our store probably more than once a week. Um, and, and that subsides itself to the fact that multiple thousands of people are coming in. I'm proud of the facility. Uh, and I think it was in 1993 we did an expansion on the building that put an extra 20,000 square feet. Um, it's been a battle of mine for the 21 years that I've been here that when we did that expansion, we didn't upgrade the mechanical that operates the building, um, the HVAC system. Uh, a properly running building w should have a positive airflow on the inside, more pressure on the inside than on the outside. So if you're familiar with maybe walking into a any retail facility, any place, you open up the door and you have the air kind of push in your face as yeah. you're going in. Uh, in our store, it's a negative airflow because we did that expansion, but we didn't upgrade uh, the airflow handling systems within the building. And it's been a battle of mine for 21 years and it, it probably needs to be continued. But what that does is when the building, when the doors open up, rather than pushing air out, it pulls air in and with that comes the dust and so on and so forth. Right. It, it's a very difficult facility to keep clean. 
if if we have 3,000 people a day going in in a population of 10 to 12,000 people, mm -hmm. it, that means people are shopping a lot more than once a week. Yes. Multiple times a day, I've seen. Multiple times a yeah. day. Uh, I mean, have you contemplated maybe um, limiting it somehow by, you know, alphabet or you know uh -huh. something where you would say you get to shop yeah. on tuesdays between 12 and 2 interesting and question i've not contemplated that and i don't know that that's one that i would arbitrarily or even given the autonomy to make uh, again if it were mandated by a regulatory agency we'd have to abide by that um, but right now you're just have an open door policy and you say you're you come on in whenever you want we're right. sort of uh, it gives you the increased numbers when you know the ship is coming in. And, exactly. And you've got, I mean, how many people were I mean, in? imagine a morning like this morning when, when so much work needed to get done. So much replenishment in the store. Um, after having, coming off incredibly large volume days and so much to clean. And, and yet because of the foot traffic, don't get me wrong, um, my, my job is to sell. Uh, and... and that's what I'm held accountable to do. But it, it, a morning like this morning hampered the ability of the staff to do what it is that they needed to do. Um, and it, it still wouldn't have been enough because they didn't have enough of the supply. Um, it takes its toll. Um, I, if I could encourage anything, just calmness, just a rationale and a thought process that uh, um, if the end of the world is coming, and I don't think it is, um, the, the actions and, the, and the, the patterns that are going on right now is not going to solve that. Um, and, and if we can just be compassionate with each other and our time uh, and remain calm, uh, everything's going to be okay. I do believe in a shorter than what seems realistic right now period of time that then a normalcy will return because I've got enough food. Right. I, I have enough food. If it doesn't get hoarded. If it doesn't get hoarded, and even if it does, at some point, I'm going to have enough food. And I'm speaking me not as a person, but me as a, as a resident of the city of Kodiak. Right. So if, if you're a, a, a person who likes to prepare, you know, you can go on the internet and find a million things that say, you know, if you want to stock up for a quarantine situation, go fill up your cabinet with these 12 things. Right. You know, and those are probably some of the things you're seeing shortage of, beans and rice and canned goods and medicine. And and how, as a community, do you effectively build up your supply mm -hmm. without trampling on your neighbor and him, their ability to get what they need in the right now, in right. the immediate time? You, an interesting fact, um, I have measurements for so many things, I just don't have time to analyze it all. The retail value of what we hold within that building, just at any one point in time, because I don't have the reports in front of me, would sustain operations unsupported, un no, nothing else coming in for a period of time of maybe 10 to 12 days. But that's the retail value of everything from a Q-tip to a, a toilet plunger, right? Not the commodities that people are in need of. 
because our facility isn't designed to be a warehouse, it's not designed to hold much more product than what we need to get us through to the next delivery. As an example, as I left the building yesterday, all the milk we had in the building was on the shelf. There was nothing uh, to support that. And it's, that's not planned. That's because we've had an uptick in sales um, measurably. But our intent as a retailer is to bring in what we need, get it to where it needs to be, shag it out and wait for the next delivery. And so when shopping patterns change drastically, it it's had that effect on the retail operation. I know I'm kind of repeating myself, no. but, but then it works its way back to the warehouses the same same way right. in the whole supply chain. Got a question here from somebody who wants to know whether you're considering getting local Pollock or Pollock from local processors to replace shortages of poultry. Mm-hmm. That's a very good question, and, and I appreciate that. I have not thought of that. It's a question that probably before I leave work today, I'll get to, uh, to, to my superiors and say that could be an option. Um, it, it's a little bit difficult in a large corporation to make quick decisions. Um, some of the decisions I've been working on have taken years uh, to, to get nowhere, and sometimes they do get somewhere, but that's a very, very good question. And, and I need to explore that. Some of the complications could be I need to be able to sell it uh, uh, lawfully um, and w- USDA inspected, right. um, so on and so forth, uh, at least in the environment that I operate. But that's a very good question, and I'll ask it. Um, let's talk a little bit about senior health. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, being that is the sort of target group that seems um, that that's, that's getting the most effect from the virus and the the most fear I think of people who are, are at risk being able to get supplied. Um, have you seen a decrease in senior traffic in the store? Not noticeably. Um, I, I can share factually a couple of the questions that I've been asked. One, um, a couple weeks ago, um, for a, a very prominent person in Kodiak that uh, asked if I had any plans or our company had any plans to be in a position to help um, elderly people, um, such as personal shopping. And again, this conversation was a couple weeks ago, and, and how I responded was, um, I don't know, I haven't thought about that, but but I did quickly realize, which is a common answer I have, I'd be hesitant to commit to something that I that I don't know if I can support. You do have a personal shopping program, though, right? I mean, I've seen people walking around right. filling orders. Yeah, it's it's not a personal shopping program. It's a, it's a service we provided ever since the store's been there to uh, be able to assemble um, orders for people that do not have uh, access to the store, and I'm speaking of uh, villages, etc., where where we will shop orders for them, uh, possibly take it out to the air carrier of their choice. Uh, at, at present, I don't have, nor do I have the staffing uh, to do any level of, of personal shopping. Um, I, I simply don't have the staff to do it. So, have you seen an up crip, uh, uptick in in the requests you know, for that surpri- kind of service? Surprisingly, uh, requests for it. I, I've not. It's it's been a reoccurring question over the years. You know, is that coming that way? Some of our stores in the company and even in Anchorage are experimenting with a 
a concept called drive up and go where you can do your groceries online and we'll, we'll shop that and we'll bring it out to you. Um, it's been on the fence whether we're going to do that in, in Kodiak. Um, I'm not a proponent for it, but if the decision's made that we're going to do it and we'll support it. Um, I suspect, we've had no conversation about it, but I suspect that that rollout as we speak right now would be kind of put on the shelf uh, until we deal with the situations where we're dealing with at hand and get that under control before we try to go do something over and above what we're already trying to do. The other question I've been uh, presented with um, are modified shopping hours for um, elderly people. And um, I, I, I've not really given that any hard thought. It, as I have thought about it briefly since presented, is okay i would i would now have to manage who's coming in the store and who's not and do i have the ability to enforce that and is it my role to be the enforcement officer of who comes in well it doesn't it ultimately get to the point though where to to maintain a safe environment that either externally somebody's going to tell you mm -hmm. that's what you have to do to keep the population safe or you're going to decide internally to keep you and your staff uh, as safe as possible and keep the store operating that yeah. either it's a drive-up service or it's limiting the people in hours mm -hmm. and when they come in. Yeah, I'm faced in a situation I've never been in. Um, and, and again, as I'd said earlier, making decisions for something I don't have a, a model for. Uh, I, I, if it were regulated, uh, we would do it. I, I want to be compassionate towards uh, um, the, the residents of Kodiak, but quite honestly, I've, I've not thought through um, if we were to do that and if we were to do it, how we would do it. And, and again, uh, a, a little appreciation for a large function of my job or any, any big retailer's job in my position is think situations through and and try to problem solve and come up with solutions. And the strains of the operation right now, quite honestly, aren't even allowing much time to think about the things that we need to get done versus reacting. It, again, I'm going to go back to the, the corporate structure. And there, there, is there a discussion among grocers nationally mm -hmm about how to deal with this because I have to think that you're not alone in trying to deal with this. There's millions of grocers all over the world in the United States in particular that can be helpful and come up with a policy that can be implemented at a local level. Right. You know? More than likely there is. Um, in, in my role within my organization, I, I wouldn't be involved in that. But that doesn't mean that leaders in my company aren't meeting with leaders of other companies. Those conversations could be happening. I can tell you we have conference calls almost daily uh, with the leadership in the state and the division of, of Alaska, and we, we make the decisions of what we're going to do. Internally, it, it becomes a little bit difficult. I have a staff of about 135 people. I could use maybe 150 or 160, but the ability to communicate with each and every single one of them the same and consistent message. I try to gather as many people up for verbal conversations, uh, and we use a lot of written communications, uh, And but it, it's a very difficult thing. To answer your question, those conversations are probably happening on a national level with corporate leaders. Okay, and let's get into this one last one before somebody asked. Uh, small children 
Would it help if, if you were asked people to leave their kids at home mm-hmm. and have a designated shopper for the family to limit traffic? Yeah, it, it would. Um, and that would lead back to my comment of personal responsibility. Um, if it were mandated, we would have to do it. I, I don't foresee that I would make the, I, I would not make the decision unilaterally, but if our company made that decision, then, then I would execute on that. But personal responsibility um, would kind of lead to the, to, to the thought process. If I had small children at home, I, I would find a way, if I could, to leave them at home and, and go solo on a shopping trip. So, Mike, we got, I have time for probably 30 seconds. How can we help you? Mm-hmm. Um, remain calm. Uh, personal responsibility, uh, do the things that are right for yourself. Uh, don't assume that we can do everything that we are truly trying very, very hard to do in a, in a, to, to keep the environment safe. We truly are. But I, I think if people exercise as they should, the personal responsibility and, and calm, I, I think that would help. Hey, we appreciate your time. Thank you very much for coming in. Tune in tomorrow morning for another edition of The Lowdown. Once again, we will be having guests every morning from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. And uh, tomorrow morning guests are Mike Powers from the Borough Assembly, or not the Borough Assembly, from the Borough, Mike Twangy and Jim Mulliken from the City and from uh, the City Fire Department. That's tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. on The Lowdown. Um, keep your eyes on our website and our social media to find out who the guests are. And if you have suggestions for guests, give us a call at 486-3181. You can email lowdown at kmxt.org. And uh, you can also email that lowdown at kmxt.org during the show with your questions. Mike has that up on a screen in the uh, production room. So... You're listening to KMXT Kodiak 100.1 FM. It is, we are also streaming live on the web at kmxt.org. We're going to go now to Talk of Alaska.